0: Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. So, hey guys, we have been doing, I'm going to just jump in. We've been doing uh, a series here for the last couple, well, probably about a little over a month um, called Awakening. And the, the goal is that you as students would have a campus awakening, or you who work, you'd have an awakening at, at your job, or you with families would have an awakening with your family. And by awakening, I mean, wake up to God, like to, to what he's doing, wake up to normal Christianity. Right? Normal, like, like, like the Christians in the Bible they were normal. (laughs) I think like they would look at the modern church around the world and they'd be like, what? What? They're all so sleepy. (laughs) Like, Like, they're not normal. Like they're not seeing salvations and miracles and, and nations getting changed and all this stuff. Like, that, what persecution? You mean that dude who just made you feel awkward? That ain't persecution. <laughs> like, right? I had rocks thrown at me. Right? They would just be like, like this is not the same. Right? So we need to like wake up and like if someone hurts your feelings and they're like Christians are stupid, that's not persecution. Right? <laughs> that's like that's not like it's just not right. And so normal Christianity is like thick skin but a soft heart. Right? Like Jesus got. Like nailed on a cross, and his heart was still, oh, God, forgive them. We love them, you know? And so normal Christianity, awaken to what God uh, says Christianity was always meant to be. That's what we've been going afterwards. So every single week, we've been kind of going a different topic about what it means to walk in a, an awake Christianity, an awake life, um, and in a community that's awake as well. How I many you know you can't do it alone? You just can't. It's just stupid to do it alone. Just don't. (laughs) Right? Just don't do it alone. You need community. You need family. You need all that. So, but tonight we are going to go after um, something called developing a prophetic culture. Developing a prophetic culture. I don't say prophetic. Prophetic prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic, prophetic culture. A lot of times um, that word, when I first heard that word, I grew up very, very conservative. Um, I grew up Baptist, love the Baptist. They're great. They gave me a love for the word of God. Um, but when I heard the word prophetic, I just thought like, cult or I thought <laughs> I thought weird uh movies you know like the Mayan calendar you know like uh, 2012 that whole thing right like I thought of this weird uh maybe those cultures where people stand up and like thus saith the Lord and you're like this is weird. I don't know what's going on right now. That's really what I thought it was. And so um, I have a heart, a big heart, to help the, like, the lost meet Jesus, but also those who maybe are come from a more conservative background to kind of experience him in a new way, but really help break it down and show it's not scary. It's not all like, woo, mystical and weird. Like, it's super nurt- normal, super loving. And everyone say this if it's God, if it's God then it's good. and I want it in my life. I I said that, I let that be a filter. I said, if it's God, it's good, and I want it, right? Even if it kind of offends me a little bit, right? I still want it in my life. So tonight I want to talk about what it means. Um, There's some people in here, you've heard prophetic stuff a million times, like, uh, I already get it, right? For you, I want to challenge you, humble yourselves and try to learn something new. For those though, who maybe you're on the other side, you're like, I've never heard this in my life. I want to challenge you, keep an open heart and say, if it's God, it's good, I want it, and invite God to teach you something new in your life, okay? But uh, if anything I say is something that's new to you, something you need clarity on, something you're like, I don't really, what, you know, right? Come and talk to me or any of the leaders. We have a heart to break it down. We're never offended by your questions or your thoughts. Thoughts, or even if you're like, I think you're wrong, we'll be like, okay, that's totally okay. You're allowed to be here and think I'm wrong. That's fine. (laughs) Like, totally okay, right? We're allowed to disagree. And so um, just come talk to us. We love the communication, okay? Um, But I'm going to jump into developing a prophetic culture, okay? Um, basically, when I say the word prophetic, uh, prophetic, prophecy, prophesy, you know, whatever form of it or accent you want to say it in, right? Basically, all I'm saying, prophecy, is just hearing from God. It's just hearing from God and delivering, speaking that out loud. How many of you in here believe you can hear God, right? And, and, and uh, all of you should raise your hand because if you can read and you've read the Bible, then you've heard God. Because right, if you can't feel like you can't hear him, you can read him. He's right here, right? So read his words, right? So you have all heard God. So prophecy is the ability to really hear what God's saying and then just speak it out, like in just the simplest term, okay? Um, It's so much more normal, and I wanna encourage you, a lot of you have probably already been doing it and just didn't realize it. Because uh, the, the Bible says that prophecy is encouragement and it's meant to edify and to build up the church. And so if you have ever encouraged somebody, you have prophetically spoken over them. Right, so when you go to somebody, you're like, I don't know, this is random, but I just wanted to let you know, like, you're awesome. Like, you just get a random unction to like want to encourage that person, you know, and then they're like, oh man. I just needed to hear that today, <laughs> right? You were being prophetic and you didn't even notice. God put it on your heart. Hey, they need encouragement right now. And you were faithful and you, you spoke it out. A lot of times though, because it wasn't some audible James Earl Jones voice saying, tell them this. We think it wasn't hearing God, but it was. It says that you have the mind of Christ. So sometimes your thoughts are Jesus's thoughts. And he was speaking to you to deliver an encouraging word to the people. You're already prophetic. A lot of us just don't even realize it yet. And so by developing a prophetic culture, it means that creating a group of people um, who are pursuing to hear from God. And then they speak it out to each other and the world around them. That's what it means to develop a prophetic culture. And and when I say there's uh, how to hear God, just basic breakdown for those who don't know. uh, Number one way is Bible. Through the word of God. If you ever like, I feel like God's saying this and it contradicts the word of God, you're wrong. Sorry, like there's no sugarcoating it. You're like, I just feel like God hates that person. No, the Bible says he doesn't. You're wrong, (laughs) you know, right? You're like, I feel like like God's just telling me this about them. And you're like, "Mm, I don't know, man. You need to get the word of God in you. It is your first filter, okay, right? Um, But another thing is really like, sometimes it'll just pop in your head. Like we have a train of thought. God, sometimes he'll just put a thought in your head that didn't follow the train. And it's just a random thought, like, I need to, t- like, there's a random person, I felt like God said, just tell them I love them. And I was like, that's so, like, average, like, everyone knows that, like, Jesus loves you, right? That's like, 101. And I went up to him, I was like, it's random, but Jesus loves you. And they're like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> like, and like, what do you mean? Like, I just need to know he loved me today. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like <laughs> sometimes the most basic thought, if it edifies and builds up, is God speaking through you to them. Okay, uh, another one is through you know daydreaming, your imagination. God created your imagination. Can He use it? Yeah, yeah He can. Like an empty canvas, He can paint on. Sometimes you sit in there and you're just like praying for someone, and you just daydream. You see a picture of of something happening. A lot of times, it's God speaking through you. That happens to me a lot. And in Christianese, they call it a vision. But in non Christianese, it's like your imagination, your mind's eye. Some people are so weird about it. They're like, I have had a vision of the Lord for you. And you're like, that's creepy. Like, what does that mean? You know? And, and but when, so with me, I, I minister to a lot of people who aren't in the church and I go to schools. And so I'll say, loud, dude, dude, this is so random. But uh, I was talking to you, and this picture came to me. And I just saw you doing this and this and this. And I just want to encourage you. I think God's saying that. And they'll be like, that's so crazy. How did you know? Like Diana, the first time I ever met her, I just saw a picture. I was praying for her cuz Brianna said come pray for my friend. And I'm like, this is so random. I just see a picture of you playing soccer. And then she's like, I played soccer my whole life. Who told you? And I'm like, <laughs> like it wasn't like the Lord has given me a vision for you, Diana, and he says you've played soccer. Like it's like no, it was just a picture. So often it's supernaturally natural. It's just natural. And so sometimes it can be that. Uh, other times it can be through a feeling, like an impression on your heart. He gave you a new heart when you gave your life to him. Can he not use your feelings? And, and sometimes, sometimes you're just knowing your knower. I don't know how to say it. Sometimes you're like, I don't know how I know this. I just kind of know this. Have you ever had that before where you just have like a premonition or something? You're just kind of like, I don't know why I just kind of, I just know. right in my knower don't ask me where to locate that i'm not good at anatomy i don't know where your knower is but i just know so sometimes that's it too um uh, really if you there's all these different ways as long as it's encouraging building up and in line with the scriptures it's totally free game it's not like you're going to get to heaven be like that time when you told them jesus loved them that was not me (laughs) <laughs> right that was you right it's like no it's not gonna happen like you're stepping out in faith and you're saying jesus i want to encourage them i want to speak to them i want to give them an encouraging word from your heart how is a good dad not going to show up right and it's so safe if you mess up if you totally mess up but it was loving it's okay i went up to god i was like hey is your name mike and he's like my name's bob and i'll like, cool man Hey, Jesus loves you. Thanks, bro. And he forgot I thought his name was Mike. I got it wrong. I was wrong, not even close, didn't even rhyme, nothing similar, but I tried, right? And then I moved the subject, and he still felt loved, and I got to pray for him, and it was great. Another time, it's like, hey, are you Mike? And he's like, how did you know my name is Mike? I'm like, God told me. <laughs> and i like, what? Right? And stuff like this happens all the time, guys. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 31. It says, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. The whole goal of prophecy is that you would be encouraged, that the body of Christ would be encouraged. It's not weird. It's not crazy. It's not meant to call out sin and be like, oh, like read your thoughts and all this stuff. No, no. It's just to encourage and to build up. That's the goal. And if someone's doing it and it's not encouraging, building up, it's not real prophecy from Jesus. It's something running through their bad filter, you know, or it's them, right? So can you encourage? Then you can prophesy. That's all it is. It's so normal. It's so natural. It's so easy. 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, Pursue love. De- earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may, what's it say? prophesy. God's telling you you should want to prophesy. Why? Because if you're pursuing to prophesy, you're pursuing love because it's encouraging them, it's building them up. It's loving them. You should all want this. It's not just the prophet pastor, that one weird dude with the gifts. Right? No, it's you should all want this. And he why would God why would God single out that gift out of all the gifts? Why would he be like you should really want this one? Because he so badly wants to talk to his kids. And sometimes he's trying to talk to his kids and they're not listening because their mind is so cluttered with so much other stuff. Then he's like, Dominic, can you just tell them this? <laughs> right? They'll listen to you. And so he tells Dom, Dom walks up to you and says, this is what I feel like God wants to encourage you with. And, uh, right? And so he so badly wants to talk to his kids. That's why he's saying, please, all of you should want this because I want to talk to my kids. And sometimes they're not listening. You know? Right? Or sometimes you are listening and then it confirms it. You're like, oh, that was so weird. I was just thinking about that today. You know? And God wanted to confirm it. And so uh, I want to give you, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. Okay, so um, just encourage you that it's all about love. It's all about love. It is all about love. That's it. It's all about what? Love, love right? Because God is love. So I was in, um, many of you have heard this story, but there's also a lot of new people. So I just wanted to share it again. I think I shared it this summer. It's a story when I was in Las Vegas. I was with Dominic. I was with some friends. Okay, just a real quick summary of the story. I was out in Las Vegas um, for a bachelor party. Woo! right i'm not the hey let's go to vegas bachelor party kind of guy like not me at all i'm like let's go camping and worship jesus right that's like more my style but i wanted to support my friend he was the first one getting married and he was like i want to go to vegas and we're like woo, let's go <laughs> all right and so we go to vegas and we're there we're walking down the strip and they have all uh, how many of you guys have been to las vegas and it's awesome, but it's also gross. So basically, there's like there's like everywhere. You can't look up, you see nasty photos, you're like, oh, and then you look down, and there's litter on the ground, these nasty photos, and you're like, oh no, can't look down. You look sideways, and there's guys standing there, like, hey, take a photo. And you're like, ah, like, this is a nightmare. Right? And so you're like, and so I'm doing that, and then they click them at you, and like, click, 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 and you're like, Take it, take it. And you're like, no, get away from me. Like, <laughs> right? Jesus, help. Right? I'm not. I'm a little Baptist boy. So I was raised, man. Right? And so, but I'm going and we're all around each other and I wanted to support my friend. So I didn't want to be preachy. I didn't want to stop and pray for people, honestly, because I was like, I just want to support my friend. If I was coming here for a mission trip, it's different, but I just want to support my friend and be with him, whatever he wants to do. But I made a deal. I was like, God, if someone, if they pursue me three times and put this in my face, I'm giving them a word. Like almost like a weird threat. I was like, devil, if you do this three times to me from the same guy, I'm giving him a word. Like, call call me out on it. (laughs) like Right? And so so I'm sitting there, and we're walking, and then uh, this dude, he's just like, hey, man, hey, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, in my mind. And then, basically, we cross the street, and he follows me across the street. And it's like a picture coupon thing for some nasty, like, strip club or something. I'm like, dude, I don't want that. Right? And I'm walking, and then there's, we're on the island. Las Vegas streets are so big, you can actually get stuck on an island in the middle of the road, and there's a sea of cars around you. And they were ahead of me because I kind of got slowed down by this dude and so I look and they're on the other side of the intersection it stopped all those cars going and I'm stuck on the island with this dude I'm like oh dang it (laughs) and and he's like dude come on it's a great deal you know you know you want to you got all these guys it'd be great and I'm like no I'm sorry sir I really don't like in my mind like that's too right and then finally he's just like he does it a third time he's like oh come on man and he puts it like right up in my face practically and, and then all of a sudden, it was weird. All of a sudden, in my imagination, in my mind's eye, I just see a picture of this little girl. And I know it's his daughter. And I just said, hey, man, what's going on with your daughter? And he was like, and he just was like, what? I'm like, what? Why aren't you with your daughter right now? And he looks at me, and he's like, who the bee? <laughs> Like, who are you? You know, and I'm like what's going on with your daughter? And he's like, who told you I had a daughter? And I was like, God did. And, and, and he said, what? <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm a Christian and God talks to us. And he told me you have a daughter and I'm like, why aren't you with her right now? Why are you doing this? Don't do this. Like, go be with her, man. And he's just like, how, what the, and he's just like cursing and all this stuff. And then, and then he's like, he looks at me and he, and he says, I, my daughter's like up in Seattle and I left. And and I'm trying to work, and I want to get back to her, and I don't really like know what to do, you know. And I'm like, you need to leave this. Just go be with her, man. Like you're a good dad. Go be a good dad. Go love her. Go be with her. And he just starts like tearing up, and he's like, How do you know this? I said, God loves you, and he to- and he loves you so much he would tell me about it. Why don't you give your life back to him? You knew him. You used to know him. Come back, man. It's time to go home. Time to be with your daughter now. And on the island, he like grabs my hands, and all these people are around us watching, like, what is going on? And I pray with him on the island and lead him to the Lord. And then he says, I'm gonna give this up. And he puts down the cards and he's like, I need to go back to my daughter. Right? That's and then and then and then the lights (laughs) party, because right. And then, and then basically, then he crosses the crosswalk and we go to the other side and we part ways, right? And all my friends are like, what the heck happened? Like like we just were where's Taylor? We turn around and you're praying to this big dude who's like <laughs> crying like in the middle of the road like what's going on? Like what happened? I was like bro just got saved, right? He's going back to his daughter, right? And so basically so the 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 point of all this is that's what the prophetic does. It brings them back to love. It brings them to encounter with God. I'm so glad I followed that random picture I had in my mind of this guy's daughter. And there's nothing special about me. I just said, okay, God, like, what do you want to do? And I, and I ran with it. I took a step of faith. So often I don't even know until I step out. and take a step of faith with it. So I want to show you real quick um, what a prophetic culture does. Okay, so turn to 1 Samuel 9, verse 15. 15 is where we're going to start. Quick context. There's a guy named Saul in the Bible. This is when he's not king yet, okay? He's just this guy do work in agriculture, everyone else. Saul, 1 Samuel 9, 15. Basically, bro, he lost his donkeys, literally. Like, he lost donkeys, and his dad's mad. He's like, I got to go find my donkeys, okay? And then so they can't find him. He's looking around, and then he says this. He says, you know, hey, there is a prophet in the land. Maybe if we go to him, he'll tell us where the donkeys are, Right? And that's, that's just what he says. And so he goes to say, let's go find the prophet and ask him, where's my donkeys, <laughs> right? And, and so he goes there. Verse 15 is where it starts. It says, uh, now the day before Sam, Saul came, that was the guy looking for his donkeys, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. Samuel was the prophet. And this is what the Lord revealed him. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. So he's basically saying, hey, anoint this guy king, is what they told him. Uh, When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. How beautiful, like such a pure connection where he just hears God's voice. And that's, that's the Old Testament under the old covenant. How much more can we hear God under a new covenant, right? And Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? The seer was just another name for the prophet. And he's like, I am the seer, Samuel said. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. The, 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 prophet, the prophet doesn't say, I, and I will tell you all of your sin. He doesn't say, and I'm here to call out all your junk and call you to repentance. He's like, I'm here to tell you what's actually inside of your heart. That's what prophecy does. It reveals not sin, but what's inside the heart. Okay? And so as for the donkeys you lost three days ago, he's like, I didn't tell him about the donkeys. How did he know about that? Right? Don't worry about them. They've been found. (laughs) That's crazy. Right? He says, and to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you? and your whole family line. He says, and by the way, you're the one all of Israel's waiting for. No pressure. He's like, I just wanted donkeys. What's going on? This man intimately heard God and it it shocks the other guy, right? And it moves him through this superficial stuff. Don't, Don't worry about the donkeys. Stop worrying about the donkeys. All of Israel needs you. It's verse 21. Saul answered, but am I not a Benjamite? from the smallest tribe of Israel. And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? So the prophet says, all of Israel needs you, is waiting for you. And then immediately he jumps in to all, uh, dude, he's got identity issues and confidence issues. Immediately Samuel uh, speaks destiny over him. You're gonna change Israel. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just from the tribe of Benjamin. Like, I'm from the lowest of the low, right? Because he, he really, he was all messed up. His mentality had been skewed. You, you see, he, he believed that his status of where he was in life also determined his future of where he was going to go. How could I ever do that? I'm, I'm just from here, right? And, and then he believed that his current situation that he lived in also determined his final destination of where he would be. Uh, you see, he believed that his father's name, I'm just from my father's, I, I, what are you talking about? It, it determined that he could never be this person. His identity was so wrapped up in this mentality of his superficial who he was, that when he heard this truth, this is who you are, he's like, I, I can't believe that. God is all he always wants to call people out of a small mentality and into their God-given identity. That's his goal. That's his that's his heart. God sees past the status of your past. He sees right through it. He sees through your father, your family name, your family drama. He sees through your ethnicity, through the part of town you grew up in. He sees through everything right into you and says this is your destiny he reaches out to anyone who will listen because so thing we are so cluttered with oh i'm from this area i have to do this oh i i'm I'm this culture i do this oh i think this way because that's how my parents taught me that we don't hear what god's trying to say to us and so he'll get anyone who will listen like samuel be like tell him this is what i'm saying right and so he gets samuel and samuel says you're the one israel needs you're the future king when prophecy is operating normally through the right heart and the right filter, uh, it looks for the treasure inside of people's hearts. It doesn't expose the sin. It doesn't expose all the junk. It looks for the gold in the midst of all the dirt. Uh, no one is impressed if you're really good at figuring out people's sin. <laughs> no one's impressive if you're discerning and you're good at like, oh, that person's doing bad stuff, right? That's not impressive at all. That tells me more about you than about them that you're really good at finding dirt? Are you good at finding gold? Are you good, like Samuel, but I'm from all this, I'm from all this, I'm from all this, I'm from all this. And he's like, no, 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 you're a king. Do we do that? Do we have a prophetic insight that says, I look for the golden people? Or do we, or are we the very ones you are like, oh, they're this, oh, they're this, oh, they're this, oh, they fell again, oh, they're, you know, and we give them all these labels. Or are we the reverse? A prophetic culture, community of people, they don't speak what they see in the natural. They speak out what they see in the eternal. Go to chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it out on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? When you're leading, by the way, has nothing to do with your job, your money, all that. You're, you're, you're the ruler of God's inheritance. This is how you work, not for yourself, but unto the Lord. Because everything you do is God's, like, inheritance, right? So you're working for him. That was a side note. Try to work harder. No. <laughs> right. All right next verse, it says, this is what Samuel begins to say to him. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found and now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He's asking, what should I do about my son? (laughs) Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, other three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. He's literally telling him the description. You're going to find this guy. This guy will be carrying this. This is what's going to happen. Dude, he's so in tune with God. He's able to just break down very specific details of what God's saying, right? This is crazy. It says, I love this, verse five. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do for God is with you. Real quick, the next verse. I'm giving you a lot of content, a lot of verses right now and I'll break it down in a second. Stay with me, okay? The verse nine in the next part says, as Samuel turned to leave, or as Saul turned to leave Samuel, sorry, God changed his heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. There's two things I really want to focus on real quick because it shows the, the value, the need for the prophetic and getting the prophetic in your life and in the culture of you. The first one was this. It said, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. The prophetic changes hearts. God uses the prophetic of one man speaking. This is what God's saying. And he'll speak it out to change a heart. That like with that guy, God spoke through me and his heart changed. And he said, I need to go back to my daughter. This isn't just a story back then. This is real. This is what it does now. When you speak out what you feel like God said, it changes hearts. It really does. Saul was so built up in everything he was not and God broke in and said, this is who you are through the prophetic. And a heart was changed that day. And he said, maybe I am a king. Maybe I'm not all this, what everything else says I am. You see, guys, information can impact the brain, but it does not change your heart. You can learn a whole bunch of stuff about God and really not know much about him. And, and when, but the prophetic pierces through to the heart because it's the words of God right? God will use even Bible verses prophetically to say, this is the verse you need right now. And it pierces you. And you're like, whoa, I needed that, right? That's a wake-up call for those getting sleepy. Okay, but the next part, that's prophetic. No, God's saying something, right? But the next part is this. It says that when you go, there will be this company of prophets coming down. They're all coming down, playing their flutes or whatever, playing their things, right? Okay, they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. And so I want you to notice something. This is the whole story. All those verses was just for this one thing so that you would notice. Notice that when it was through a single man, prophecy changed a heart. But when it was through a community, it changed him into a completely different person. So, a prophetic word changes the heart, but a prophetic community changes the person. You see, guys, <laughs> I love you, David. Why did God wait? Why did he wait? If he's gonna change you to another person, why, why would he wait like a day for it? Go hike over there and then you'll be a different person. Why'd he be like, you know what? I'll give you a new heart right now. Go all the way over there and then you could become a new person. Why, what? 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 <laughs> like, what? Change him to a new person now, right? Like, why, why, why the difference? Because he's showing you something, guys. He is he, showing that the power of what happens when a whole community operates in this connection, in this gifting, and not just a singular person. A community will always be able to transform more than an individual. Like, when Saul encounters Samuel, it really does. It impacts him. It changes his heart, absolutely. And when people encounter you and the prophetic through you, it'll change their heart. But but he could have left and be like, dang, Samuel's crazy. Whoa, that was wild. And put it in a journal entry and then, like, moved on with his life. And we've all done this. We had a crazy moment with God at the camp or at something happened, and you're all snotting and teary, and like, that was a crazy moment of my life, right? And then you leave, and like, two weeks later, it's like a cool memory. And you haven't really changed. Your heart changed, right? But you have not been transformed into a different person because it was from a single moment, not a community you're walking with. Do you guys see that? God waits until he counters a whole community of people who prophesy to change him into another person. Because he's showing something, that it's not about Samuel being special. Because then you can't move forward and be like, oh, dude, Samuel's so good. That's crazy. And this happens all the time. They're like, oh, dude, Taylor's prophetic. Or David's prophetic. Or, oh, that's awesome. But then they forever come to you thinking that you're the connection to God. And he saying, no, 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 there's a whole community, and he's trying to show you that anyone can do this. Because if you get it just from me, then you'll think it's about me and my gifting. But if you are surrounded by a whole group, a whole community of people walking this, then you'll actually start to say, oh, well, if everyone can do this, maybe I can too. And then Saul started prophesying with them. And he didn't just say about what the words he can get to change his life. He became the one doing it. And the difference was not that the words he was getting, but the community that he was walking with. You see, guys, maybe it's not about the position that means you can hear God, but the intimacy of the people that, can, that makes you hear God. Right? Do you see this? The culture of the community that you walk with will determine the characteristics of the giftings that you carry. If you want to carry something, walk with the community that carries that. You guys, if, if you want to walk closer to God, then go after hanging out with a community who walks closely with God. And it'll get on you. If you want to see miracles, hang out with people who see miracles. If you want to hear God's voice clearer, hang out with prophetic people who are constantly hearing God's voice. Right? It, the community you hang out with, if you want to worship God deeper, find worshipers and worship with them. Do what they're doing with them, and pretty soon, you will change into a different person who can do that very thing. There's so much power when a community of people walk in the prophetic. One man walking the prophetic can change a heart, but a community walking the prophetic can change the whole person. I need you to carry the prophetic. Do you see that? If I prophesy to someone, I can impact their heart. But if all of us do it, we can change a person. We can transform them into a new person. That's the Old Testament. Let's look at a New Testament. You guys doing okay? You guys doing all right? Okay, cool. And then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna show you where it is in the New Testament and then we're just gonna do it. And you guys are gonna hear God, I believe, and speak over each other. That's the goal, okay? You guys doing all right? Okay, cool. So in the New Testament, this is what backs it up. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23. This is what it says, New Testament. This is for you, so you can't just be like, that was an Old Testament weird thing, right? (laughs) This is New Testament, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 23. It says, if the entire church, that's everyone, the whole community, that's all of you. It doesn't say, if the pastor, if the prophet if like the crazy charismatic guy, right? If the person with the banners, right? Like, no, no, it's saying if the entire church, all of you, if they come together and everyone is speaking in tongues, won't the visitors say that you have lost your minds? You can laugh at that. That's totally true, man, I, right? That's what happened to me. I walked into a whole community of people and they're all like, and I'm like, y'all crazy. Like, and I was like looking around and I'm like, Y'all, y'all insane. Like, this is a cold. Like, what? it? I drank the coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, right? The water bottle, I didn't check if it was sealed. Like, they're crazy, right? They've lost their minds, right? That's what says what'll happen, right? But, it says, but, in verse 24, but if everyone is prophesying, that's the difference. If everyone is prophesying, not just the pastor from the stage prophesying, Not the prophet, not the holy of holy, those who are perfectly right with Jesus, right? If everyone is prophesying, it says, and an unbeliever, the lost. I love this. Or one without the gift. That means you can be a Christian, be a believer, but not carry this gift. There will be, so he's saying, if an unbeliever comes to a group, or if there's people who don't believe in the giftings come into your group, right? Right? If these two different people come in and they see you prophesying, that's the difference. He will be convicted by all that he hears and he will be called to account for the intimate secrets of his heart will be brought to light. Remember Saul said, I will tell you everything in your heart. That's what it's about. Okay? He said, he will be mystified and fall down, fall face down in worship and say, God is truly among you. It doesn't say that they're preaching. It doesn't say that their ability to perfectly say all the word exactly correctly. It doesn't say like their ability to expose their sin and be like, you're a sinner, you need Jesus. No, what will make it happen is if a community of people are walking in the prophetic and the heart is revealed and they say, oh my gosh, how did you know I had a daughter? Surely there must be a God and they'll fall down. And worship. So, but if everyone is prophesying in an unbeliever or one without the gift, he will be convicted. Guys, there's a difference. Uh, conviction will always bring you closer to God. Condemnation will always push you away from God. That's the difference. If you have a thought in your head that's like, "Oh, I messed up. I sinned." What do you want to do with the thought? Do you want to run away from God? That's condemnation. Not good. If it's like, "I need to get right with God. I need to go to Him." That's conviction. That's good. Right. You see the difference, right? And so the devil, he'll try to condemn you and he'll connect your failures to your identity. Like Saul, oh no, I can't, I can't be king. Uh, I'm just this lowly messed up person, right? But conviction connects your identity to God. Like Saul, he's like, dude, come on, you're the king, stand up. It can be correction, but the difference is it's calling you to God. Oh, stop acting like that. Come on, you're better than this. You know who you are. Get up. <laughs> like, come on, Bride of Christ. Get, stop sitting in the mud. Your, your dress is getting gross. Get up, <laughs> right? Like, like, wipe that off. Stop it, right? It's, it's a conviction that says, this is who you are. Step into your calling. Not a condemnation. Condemnation says, you're all dirty. He doesn't want you. Go away. That's the difference, right? And so the prophetic was always meant to call people into their identity, not into their sin. It was not to convict them of how sinful they are, but to convict them of who they're meant to be in God. Samuel spoke to Saul, not of all the lowly things about him, but of who he was. And it says they'll be convicted. What convicts them? Is it their argument? No. Is it their sin? No. It says, this is what convicts them. Why are they convicted? For the intimate secrets of his heart will be brought to light. So sin is not like an intimate thing secretly in your heart. If you're sinning, you know you're sinning. Like it's not like what's the deepest thing intimate that I keep close to me? Oh, it's sin, dang it. like you don't you' you're not looking at your heart deep down, trying to see what's secretly, intimately yours, and then be like, and it's all oh, sin right? No, like, <laughs> right? Oh, I messed up. Dang it. I keep that one really intimate and close to me, right? No, no, no. You know you're a sinner. Like, you know you messed up. Like, when, you, when you've when you lusted or stolen or lied, you're like, oh, dang it, I did it. Like, it's real shallow on your heart. Like, it's up there, right? It's real shallow. You're like, oh, dang it, I did it again. It's not like, I didn't even know. Whoa. I sinned. <laughs> like you, Like, you don't know. Like, You see what I'm saying? So the intimate, what you keep intimate and secret and close to your heart, your treasures, your dreams, the vulnerable things of your heart. And when the prophetic can take not the sin and bring them to light, but the vulnerable dreams of your heart and bring them to light, people say, truly God must be here. I haven't told anyone about that dream. His daughter was so close to his heart and he didn't tell anyone. When God said, Hey, your daughter, and brought it to light, he said, Truly, like, this has to be God. I didn't tell him about his sin. I didn't be like, Dude, God just says you're messed up. You left your wife. You left your kid. You did. I didn't go after that. I didn't convict. The conviction came from pulling a dream of his heart up. That's what the conviction brought, right? That's what the prophetic does. And when there's a culture, when people can walk in, when an unbeliever, an unbeliever or Christian who doesn't believe in the gifts, when they encounter a people, us, who believe in this and walk in this, people who call them into their destiny, call them into the dreams of their heart, call them, this is who you are, I know it. That's when they're gonna be mystified and say, wow, God's here. God's come. It's not enough for me to walk in the gifts, guys. I I need you to walk in the gifts. I can change a heart with a prophetic, but I can't transform a person. Only we can do that together. Someone walks in an unbelieving person and all all of you in the room are like, hey, man. And they just start speaking out life over them. They're like, whoa, this this is changing me. Everyone in here can see the desires of my heart and who God created me to be. God has to be here. But if they just see me doing it from stage, they'll be like, that guy's crazy. <laughs> that guy's gifted. Wow. This stuff is real. And then they leave. And they're not transformed. It takes a community who developed the prophetic to change people. So what we're going to do now is I want to challenge you, and we're going to spend 20 minutes or so, and then it'll be 9 o'clock, and I'll let you know when it's 9 But basically, I want you to practice your identity of walking in the prophetic, practice hearing God. A lot of times, we don't know we can do it until we actually just start to do it, right? Like I I was saying. And so I need you to practice pulling the gold out of people. When was the last time you intentionally tried to pull gold out of somebody? When was the last time that you're like, I don't know you, but I'm going to find something golden inside of you and pull it out and bring it to the light? Like, when was the last time you intentionally made that a part of you and a part of your culture? Don't wait, don't put it off to the pastor or the crux team or other people. You need to intentionally pursue doing this. OK, so what we're going to do is that I have these uh, this quick. It's more of a, a guide thing right here for you, where basically you're just going to break into groups of like three to four. And whether you've done this a million times or you've done this for the first time, I think God can do something new. OK, and remember all the stuff I said, you might get a verse pop in your head. You might get a feeling. You might just get a random mental picture where like, dude, I don't know why, but I just thought of you skateboarding. Like, I don't know. that. <laughs> you're right. Like, it's a safe place to try it out practice finding the gold inside of people and, and then it'll get easier and you'll get better at it. Okay. Does that make sense? And so this also, you're not preaching at them. You're not giving them advice. You're not saying, I feel like God's saying you're in a really messed up season and blah, 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 blah. No, no. We're, we're specifically asking God the questions on here, uh, which is what is the gold inside of this person? You're specifically asking God, how do you see them? Okay. And then the crux team I already talked to you guys. Make sure that there's another thing is we want everyone to get a chance to speak out, right? And practice this. So if you've done this a million times, it's real easy for you to be doing this for prophesying 10, 20 minutes. It is not about your word. Your word might change a heart, but the group's word can change the person. So you need to cap yourself off at like two or three minutes, okay? And your leader might be like, all right, dude, you're done. Give them more, like we want everyone to have a chance to hear God for the first time even and try to speak it out. If you have this continued word of all this stuff, just talk to them afterwards, give them more. But the goal is that a community will surround somebody right now, not just one person who's like confident in the gifting, okay? Does that make sense? Is that cool? We want to give everyone a chance to try this out, okay? So we're going to do this for a little bit. So what you do, so small group leaders, yeah, if you could pass this out. Everyone stand up with me. I know um, it's, it's like, it's a little late, but you have 15, 20 minutes and you're gonna just practice together. Father, we ask that you would make us a community that you would develop us into a group of people who walk in the prophetic God, who love people the way you do, who hear your voice and speak it out to people. God, I ask that we would not uh, be person who's obsessed with my gifting and what I can do, but what we can do. I can change a heart because you speak through me, but we can change a person because you speak through us. God, would you make us a community who hears your voice and walks it out, God. And so as this time, Lord, I ask that those who've never heard your voice would hear you for the first time and speak it out, God. God, I ask that you would reveal destinies on people's hearts, that you'd speak things to them, Lord, um, and that this would just be an amazing time of your love coming in. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.